Welcome to The Briefly, the podcast companion to the New York City email newsletter, The Briefly, which you can subscribe to at thebriefly.com. I'm your host, Rob Blatt. Let's jump in to today's edition. On today's podcast edition of The Briefly, I talk to Rick Season, a Brooklyn-based artist whose exhibition, Guiding Lights, is on display at Established Gallery in Brooklyn on Flatbush and 6th Avenue through January 30th, 2022. We talk about Guiding Lights, his exhibition, coming back to New York City in March of 2020 without an apartment, how you can experience Guiding Lights at Established Gallery for yourself, the future of the art community in Gowanus, and more. Without any more delay, here's my conversation with Rick Season. Rick, welcome to The Briefly, our first guest on the podcast. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. So you are here today to talk about Guiding Lights, which is an exhibition you've got at the Established Gallery in Brooklyn on Flatbush and 6th. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Guiding Lights? Uh, so Guiding Lights is an exhibition with 17 paintings, and it's a concept that I've been thinking about for a few years now, ever since the start of the pandemic, actually. At the time, my wife and I, we had just been recently married, and we were traveling. We decided to kind of go nuclear a little bit, and we quit our jobs, and we said, this is the last time we're going to get a chance to do this. We're going to go traveling. And we'd actually been in Southeast Asia for uh, nine months. And then all of a sudden, it all kind of came crashing down around us, and my wife's mother is a nurse at the Brooklyn Hospital Center. And so we were like, we got to get back. And, you know, so we got back and it was kind of, we were just kind of staring into the abyss like a lot of people. When did you get back? So we got back in March of 2020. Right right in it. Okay. Right. Exactly when the State Department said, come home or you you might not be able to come home. (laughs) So it all kind of started, the whole show really started in that moment when the darkness was kind of creeping in and everyone was sheltering in place and people couldn't see their family members and friends you could just kind of sense the depression setting in and i just thought to myself what do i do what can i do is there anything that i can you know my small little ability can do so i just thought i'm going to start a project i'm going to come up with some concepts and i want it to be about hope i want it to be about bringing some light back into people's lives and so that's really how the whole thing started. So this is quite literally guiding lights from the last two right, years, right. basically. And so one you know, concept uh, drawing turned into um, a, a bunch of concept drawings. Those bunch of concept drawings became a purchase of a couple of canvases. And we actually didn't have an apartment at the time because we had left the country. So we were just skipping around our friends and family's homes and quarantining in between. And like we'd go camping to, to try and put some time in between when we would see family. It was just a time of like real chaos. But I was like, I got to have some canvases on me. I need to be working and I need to be making something. So we packed some, um, some canvases, some pretty big ones too, like a six foot by four foot canvas into the back of a minivan. It's the largest possible painting that could fit in that van. And then we just kind of moved around the eastern seaboard and I was painting in every location. And kind of moving towards this idea and it's just you know it's amazing that two years on i feel like i i had no idea that we would be back kind of to square one geez every time i want to say something (laughs) you know what i love new york radiators though i'm like they're so loud and they just they have a feeling of comfort i'm like all right the warmth is coming so it's just it's just surprising to me that and everyone that you know two years on 
since I came up with this idea that we would be basically in the same place. And I feel like the show is as important as ever. So you spent a while traveling, right? Kind of as things were extremely right. uncertain. What was traveling around like? And what was it like to go and come back and go and come back? Well, it was exciting. You know, we were, we just knew it. For some reason, we just had this idea in our head and we just couldn't shake it and we had to do it. So we just went through the steps and we, everything seemed to fall, fall into place. And it was just one of those things where the universe just seemed to be saying, we're going to remove all the barriers for, for this and you're going to do it. And so we did it. And, you know, while we were gone, it was just, you no, know, it was great. We were just very, you know, had that feeling of freedom. And all the while I took a small Peshad box. It's a small painting box that carries my paints and it can carry small wood canvases. So I was painting all along the way. And, you know, I've got some really sentimental pieces now from, from that trip, but coming back was, you know, it was shocking, but you know, we had each other and our friends and family were up to that point healthy. And we just thought like we were lucky that we had even gotten a chance to do this in the first place. And then, so you really were kind of cushioned by the lo your local community here. In the uh, city. More family in, in the city, my wife's family mm -hmm. in the city, and I have my family's more scattered around. So the cushion was basically all of our friends are more, more family, but you know, friends as well, letting us crash in apartments that they were not staying in at the time. So we were, we were very lucky to have our family, but you know, we were witnessing the community at the same time, like just having the hardest time. I remember, you know, seeing a, a news article and there was a big, it was a big, huge, I can't remember what periodical it was, but it was a full page where it said leaving New York and it had a picture of Times Square. And it just described that, you know, there was a mass exodus of people leaving the city. And we'd heard these opinions of people saying that the city's dying and everyone was going to leave and it was just going to be a shell, you know, after this was all over. And, you know, we just had this thought, like, we don't have an apartment in the city right now. And we've been moving around and staying at various families, you know, homes in Pennsylvania and DC and even Kentucky. And, you know, we were like, we're going back to New York. Like we're going back there and we're going to do our part to help rebuild the city and try to earn some money, try to spend some money and try to just be a part of the revitalization that we were so sure it was going to happen. And I know I'm happy to say that I feel like this community has done an amazing amazing job at, you know, handling such stresses and all the while doing it so gracefully, especially to my wife's mother, who's an ER nurse on the night shift. And, you know, some of her stories are harrowing. And, you know, at the same time, there was so much support for, for them as well. So it was, it really was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. The yeah, first year was really marked by that 7 PM right, celebration right. every day. Let's talk a little bit more about the exhibition. When did it come together in your mind in terms of, you know, you, you had the, your, your supplies with you, you had canvases with you. When did it turn into, in your mind, like a, a show with this connection? Well, the moment that I found a studio space in Gowanus on President Street, there was a great like studio there with a bunch of studios, uh, but it was empty, completely desolate because all of the artists had to leave. They all, all had to vacate their, their spaces. The place shut down and everyone was just cast to the wind. So I picked up a studio and I was literally one of maybe like three or four people out of 25 studios and we never saw each other. 
So when I had that studio, I was like, you know, I know this is going to come back. Like, I know that pe people are going to want to make art. They're going to want to start rebuilding the artist community here. And I wanted to be a part of it. And so that's been happening. And it's been really great to see. But as I had that studio, I started thinking about the possibilities of how big this show could be. And after working small while traveling, I was working on tiny little canvases. I just could not wait to work on large canvases. So the show is, you know, 17 paintings and most of them are pretty large scale. But the dream was to have the show with large paintings that were kind of overwhelming and they kind of just wrap themselves around you with light. And that's what I'm hoping to, to convey when you visit the gallery is that when you stand in front of one, one of these paintings, you'll feel the light. And, you know, I acknowledge in these paintings the pain and the isolation that people are feeling, but I also want to convey that there's hope and I've chosen to represent that hope with light. So most of the paintings have a character having a direct interaction with light. And so far, you know, it's been, it's a little bit slow, honestly, because it's cold and there's a pandemic. It's kind of one of the worst possible times to have a show. But I will say that the, the walk-ins and some of the reservations that have been made, because it is a reservation base, we didn't want to have an opening party or a closing party for the sake of the health of the community. But the walk-ins and the reservations that we've had, I mean, it's been a really wonderful reaction and it's really moved me in, in a number of ways to, to talk about art and what art can do for the community and, you know, the ability to make connections on, on levels that sometimes words just can't do. So I'm really hoping that that can be kind of the legacy of this particular show. Speaking of the show and reservations and coming in, how, how does it work if someone does want to come and check out the show in person? Right, well, they can make um, uh, reservations to, to visit at my website, www.rickseason.com. And there they can choose a time at their convenience. So it's actually really easy. It's totally at the visitor's convenience. Uh, we have a maximum of four people in the gallery over the course of the hour. Vaccinations are, cards required and masks required. But it's uh, besides that, it's pretty open and free. It's an interesting, the times kind of dictate this, but the show is... The show is about light and isolation um, and then having a somewhat isolated experience viewing these as well. It's not lost on me that we have the experience of the exhibition while this is all still happening and while essentially, you know, it is somewhat of an isolated mm -hmm. experience to view it. Yeah, it's um, I, I encourage people to kind of, you know, have a moment to themselves I think what I want to convey is that it's okay to, to feel the way that we're feeling that, you know, sometimes to have these complex negative feelings that we have a hard time navigating, you know, we can't escape that and we have to just acknowledge that it exists for us to move forward. Um, so I think my paintings, one thing that I feel like I'm hoping that is conveyed is that that acknowledgement is made and the beauty and the, and the hope and the light is even more profound because that exists, because the pain is there. And it's almost like establishing the acknowledgement of the pain is a prerequisite for beauty and, and hope and the light in, in these paintings. So it's a little bit of a dual nature to the, to the paintings, but um, I find it's important to, to make that acknowledgement. Absolutely. One of the things you were saying was that this came together after you got the studio space in Gowanus, which is seeing mm -hmm. its own, depending on who you ask, 
right. uh, seeing its own light at the moment. The attention of the right. entire city now appears to be on it. And also right. the wrecking balls also appear to be on that neighborhood. Yeah, it, the, the neighborhood's under some massive change, for sure. What is the feeling in that area amongst people who have essentially been the folks that have pioneered it, who have you mm-hmm. know raised the flag for that area? Right. I think, you know, there, it's, a, it's definitely a complex topic and you'll find people on both sides trying to figure out what's best for the neighborhood and, and make their arguments. I think what's true at the moment is that the redevelopments there are happening and there's no way to stop that at this point, I don't think. That said, there are some organizations that I want to shout out that are doing an amazing job at fighting for artists in the neighborhood, fighting for affordable spaces for the artists and making sure that the local artists have events to participate in and shows to, to submit pieces to and to engage the community. The number one organization is Arts Gowanus, which is uh, executive directed by Johnny Thornton. He's been fighting and he and his team have been fighting ever since I've, got, I've met them a year ago. Uh, they've been fighting tooth and nail for for artists in the neighborhood, and they've come away with some big wins for us too. So, uh, I think that there is hope in that neighborhood for for artists to find an affordable way to to make their craft. And I'm just hopeful. You know, I understand the uh, the difficulties that that artists and people are going to be facing as the the neighborhood changes. But I'm going to remain hopeful. It's one of the great art communities. I think it's. Uh, it's got artists and it's got buyers, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, um, that's all you can ask for. Speaking of in that, in that area for, for people who want to support local art and don't know how, how can people support local art in their area if they're not sure of mm-hmm. where to do that or how to right. even do that? I think one of the best things is to follow Arts Gowanus on Instagram or join their newsletter. They're, they're constantly finding ways to connect local um, residents with local artists. And there, uh, there's always something going on too. It's really great. Once a year, the neighborhood has uh, what's called open studios where the artists and the galleries and everybody who's related to the art world and the whole neighborhood opens their doors and invites the public down to just see the process and talk about, you know, what the artists are working on, what they're thinking and have a one-on-one conversation it's really great. It's a really great event. So it happens once a year. It happened this past October. So I think it's probably going to happen again next October, but it's usually a very successful and, and great event. It's called Open Studios. So if someone wants to follow you in addition to Arts Gowanus, how can people connect with you online? I'm pretty active on Instagram um, at rickseason underscore art. That's my primary way of, of talking to people online. If someone's looking to get some more information about Guiding Lights... Um, sure. They can go to the Established Gallery's website, which is establishedgallery.com. And they can find out more about the show and also the um, the shows that are coming up after me. So the gallery's always got something going on. So yeah, stop by. It's uh, It's really cool. Thank you so much, Rick, for joining me on the inaugural edition of The Briefly. It's been a pleasure to connect with you. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Rob. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this podcast edition of The Briefly. This is the first episode of the podcast, so at the time of release, the only place that you'll find this is at thebriefly.com. You'll also notice that it's pretty bare bones around here, no music to be found. 
If you've got music that you think will be a great fit for The Briefly, please email me at thebriefly at gmail.com and let's get your music on a future edition of the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on a future edition of the podcast, my email is once again thebriefly at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, you can subscribe to the thrice-weekly newsletter at thebriefly.com. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Rob Blatt, and we'll talk again next edition.